You don't know it yet, but um, you're the ninja generation. No income, no job, no assets. You got a lot to look forward to. Someone reminded me the other evening that I once said, greed is good. Now it seems it's legal. <laughs> but folks, you know, it's greed that makes my bartender buy three houses he can't afford with, with no money down. And it's uh, greed that makes uh, your parents uh, refinance their $200,000 house for two fifty, dollars And then they take that extra fifty, and they go down to the mall. They buy a plasma TV, uh, cell phones, computers, uh, an SUV, and hey, why not a second home while we're at it? Because gee whiz. I mean, we all know the prices of houses in America always go up, right? Hi, everybody. This is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. I'm playing with some new music here because, uh, you know, I've heard some people say that last uh, music I've been using the last uh, few months is just not doing it. And, uh, you know, some of you guys know that, uh, some of you guys know that uh, I was using uh, the Great White Hope of, from the band Sticks for uh, a while, a long while there. And at some point I had to uh, try to get permission and... Apparently, there's a couple of companies that own the rights to it. One of them said, yeah, okay, you can use it. We'll sell you, sell you the rights. The other one said, no, sorry, after long consideration, uh, we're not going to let you, we're not going to sell you a license for it. And a uh, long consideration was about 15 minutes. The other company that approved it actually asked for a link for the show, asked for information for it. And uh, the one guy at Universal Music said if uh, the composer actually uh, has to give the final word. So I made arrangements to go up to Paso Robles and meet James Young from Styx. And I got a chance to meet the, my favorite band, you know, short of the Beatles. And uh, James Young, I uh, asked him about using his, and he said, and he said to me, just go ahead and use it. And I said, yeah, but I think Salem Broadcasting wants something in writing. He says, well, Wixon Publishing is going to want something, going to want to be paid. They're my publisher. And I said, I don't have a problem paying for it. And he said, uh, then what's the problem? I said, I don't know. So either the people at Wixen are, uh, just don't want to deal with anybody or they're Democrats. So I don't know. Maybe they heard my show and they go, hey, this guy's a Republican. We're not going to let him use it. I don't know. This weekend we'll be seeing sticks again at the, at the Pomona Fairgrounds with Kansas. So... Uh, we'll be rocking out. We'll be on the fifth row. It'd be fun. And uh, maybe I'll see some of you guys out there. Uh, if you know what I look like, say hi. Uh, so anyway, um, lots of good things happening this week that we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about uh, what's going on in this country. And uh, last week was uh, the 15th anniversary of uh, 16th anniversary of 9-11 and the uh, fifth anniversary of... Benghazi. I don't know if anybody notices that uh, uh, seems like 13 hours the, the secret soldiers of Benghazi's playing on cable about every three hours, maybe every 15 minutes if you have every single channel. Um, I've been watching it a lot, although I have it on DVR. I can watch it anytime I want, but what a great movie. If you haven't watched it, you got to watch it three or four times because there's a lot of little stuff in there that you'll catch. And if you uh, aren't mad at Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama, 
Um, you haven't watched it enough. You don't know enough about it. I gave uh, actually gave uh, one of my employees one of my employees a copy of my nine uh, eleven program that played on the radio. She didn't hear it on the radio, so I gave her a copy of just the the nine eleven program. And she goes, I didn't know all that stuff was going on. I'm going, how old are you? And uh, you know, you didn't know to say, hey, I didn't know that people were actually older people were letting younger people on the on the elevators and uh, let let them go in front of them. And she didn't know. She said she had a had a friend who was in the tower when the plane hit, and she was talking to her on the phone before the towers fell. And uh, and she didn't know that people were jumping at jumping out of the uh, out of the um, buildings and popping on the ground. <sighs> Do you live in a Do you live in a cave? I don't know. Apparently, uh, apparently, not everybody's engaged in what's going on, and that was a significant event in most of our lives. If you're over, uh, I don't know, if you're over thirty five, I would think it's burned a, burned some some uh, unforgettable memories in your in your brain. Anyway, if you want to uh, if you want to hear that show again. Uh, go to uh, edhoffman.net, click on uh, uh, annual and 9-11 show, and uh, you can hear it there. Um, if you didn't get a chance to, it's got a lot of reaction from that. Got some calls and got some emails. And um, Anyway, so before I go on, let me introduce myself. My name is Ed Hoffman, President of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender located here in Southern California, offices all over the place. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate, you need financing. And if you think, sound like uh, you and I think the, the same way, you need financing, call someone that thinks like you, 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. And uh, one last time, day or night, toll free, area code 855-640-2020. If you want to get in touch with me, but you don't want to talk on the phone because you're stealing time from your boss at the office. And you don't want anyone else to hear your t- hear your message, hear your information. Hey, wait till your government mandated fifteen minute coffee break or your government mandated mandated minimum half hour lunch, so your boss doesn't get charged time and a half for not letting you have your lunch. Um, aren't the laws in California wonderful? Aren't the laws in the United States wonderful? Um, but go to go to wccloans.com, www.wccloans.com. Click on the Loan Center. Click on Apply Now. Give me as much information as you want to give me. Tell me how much information you want back. You'll hear back from either myself or one of my teammates, uh, Alex Rojas, Eric Ro- uh, Eric Marquez, um, Aaron Fredericks, who did I leave out, Cody Bradbury, or uh, Oscar Trujillo. Um, and we'll, uh, we'll either, or you'll hear from me. Let us know how you want to hear back from us. Uh, telephone, cell phone, text, emails, smoke signals, and we'll uh, contact you uh, however and whenever you want, and we'll give you the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. If you hear something on the show you want repeated, you can get the podcast page on edhoffman.net, E-D-H-O-F-F-M-A-N.net. Click on the podcast page. You can hear this show as well as several past shows and listen to it on demand, or you can get the main event podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes. So if you have a SoundCloud app or an iTunes app on your phone, uh, I know on iTunes you can subscribe. I'm not sure on SoundCloud. I have the app, but I just always listen on iTunes because I have iPhone. And it's just, hey, it's a purple thing. You push on it. You can hear podcasts. You can subscribe for free. It'll download once a week. Listen to it anytime you want. 
uh, or on your computer, or your phone, or whatever you listen to podcasts on. You follow the follow the show on on uh, social media. My Twitter is at Ed Hoffman, uh, and my uh, the Facebook uh, Facebook page for the main event is facebook.com slash the main event Ed Hoffman. And uh, lastly, if you want to leave me some comments on the show, the listener hotline, 855-640-2092. So if I say something that maddens you, if I say something that inspires you, or if you just want to call me a knucklehead, uh, feel free, 855-640-2092. Okay, so uh, Trump ushered in a new era of bipartisanship this week. Over the past week, President Trump has shown that he can work with both Republicans and Democrats on a host of issues. Listen to everything he's accomplished using bipartisanship and triangulation. And you say, you know, what choice does he have with, you've got a, for those, I don't know if I, I don't think I've told this story about uh, three or four weeks ago, I went to a uh, Lincoln Club meeting where uh, Congressman Ken Calvert was um, the speaker. And I went there specifically and I've, I've met Ken many times. I donate to his, uh, to his campaigns because we got to keep some Republicans uh, representing California and uh, he's not my representative. He used to be at one time. Um, no, he do, he wasn't. He re, he he represents. He used to, used to be goes to Riverside and a little piece of Moreno Valley. And then the rest of Moreno Valley was uh, Mary Bono, uh, formerly Sunny Bono. And uh, then they redistrict. And now we've got Mark Ticano, who's a moron Democrat. And uh, for the for the life of me, I can't figure out how we can't get a a uh, Republican elected to knock this guy out because this guy only cares about two things. No, really, he only cares about one thing: gay issues. And uh, uh, I've actually sent him some emails, and I get back the same basic uh, "I really don't care what you think" kind of letter. So I went to I went to Ken Calvert, and I asked him, "Hey, we have this. We have the majority. We elected Trump because he says the stuff that 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 we're all thinking, whether or not he's politically correct or not." Why won't the Republicans get behind him? Why won't somebody make some noise out there instead of letting the de- Democrats suck all the air out of the room all the time and let the media let's make enough noise that the media has to pay attention to common sense instead of the idiocy that the Democrats put out. Um he responded in a very political manner. You know, well, you know, uh we have 248 people in the uh in the in the congress in the house of representatives about 200 are solidly behind trump and in the senate we've got 52 republicans and there's about 45 senators that are solidly by him by him hey guess what why can't you guys do something to get those other seven senators on board or to get those or to get enough of those other 48 uh uh republican in the in the house of representatives on board and when I hear when I hear about Trump going uh, actually talking with the uh, with the enemy over there, you got to think that there's got to be some Democrats in there that there's got to be some people that uh, you know. Well, I'm registered Democrat because I'm Jewish, and uh, Jewish people are always Democrats until they come out of the ether and go, "Hey, wait a minute, none of this stuff makes sense to me." Uh, based on the things I believe, I was just a Democrat because my dad was a Democrat, and my dad's dad was a Democrat. When they start thinking about what makes logical sense, none of the Democrat stuff makes sense. So uh, there's got to be a handful of handful of Democrats in there that if you actually appealed to them, that uh, they would that they could come over to our side. If there's seven Republicans that voted against full repeal of Obamacare, 
there's got to be seven Democrats out of 200 that we could get that we could get to uh, uh, to say, yeah, you know, right. This thing just really doesn't make sense. It's really not a good thing. Let's repeal it and start over. So consequently, Trump's doing that. Trump's saying, hey, you know what? I was elected to do a job. I wasn't elected to. We didn't ask him. We didn't ask him to make the Republican Party great. We didn't ask him to make Mexico great. We didn't ask him to make illegal aliens great. We didn't ask him to to uh, take a deferred uh, deferred action on uh, on um, child arrival people from Mexico. We didn't ask them to make them great. We didn't ask him to make gay people great. We didn't ask him to make any of that stuff. Asked to make America great. And you know what? Quite frankly, I see Donald Trump as the kind of guy that says, hey, if my own party won't fully back me up, I'm going to get a few other people to fill in. I'm going to I'm gonna make the, make my case. I told Ken Calvert, you give me five minutes in front of the Senate, I could have got those other seven votes out of somebody. And just to full, a full repeal. I don't need I don't need to have uh, make an hour an hour an hour uh, appeal. Just give me five minutes. I could have turned him around. Why couldn't any of you guys do that? Because none of you guys, none of you guys have the uh, have my heart. None of you guys are strong enough. None of you guys will make enough noise. Well, we don't want to sound unprofessional. We don't want to sound unprofessional because we're Republicans. We're dignified. We're business people. We just don't yell. And we don't say bad words. And we don't get anything done. So Trump is going his way. And quite frankly, I'm behind him. So just days after Chuck Schumer called his old friend Donald Trump cruel for downsing the phase out of DACA, remember the deferred action for childhood arrivals. If you guys didn't hear last week's show, the second half was 9-11. The first half I went off on DACA and how stupid all this, all this criticism is because DACA is not a law. Go back and listen to it on edhoffman.net. He was invited to meet, uh, so Chuck, Chuck Schumer was invited to meet with President Trump Nancy Pelosi, Mitch McConnell in the Oval Office to, to discuss hurricane relief. So uh, the meeting resulted in a deal that bundles real relief for the relief for Hurricane Harvey and a three-month continuing resolution to keep the government funded through December 15th, in addition to a three-month fix to raise the debt limit. So hey, they got something done, but it was temporary. It was quick, and it, and I think it uh, it made potentially a bad situation look good for Trump. Uh, then Tuesday night, Trump had Democrats Joe Donnelly, Joe Manchin, and Heidi Heidkamp. I have to ask, is that a real name? My name is Heidi Heidkamp. Sounds like something out of a children's book. And Republicans Joe Thune, uh, or John Thune, Orrin Hatch, and Pat Toomey for dinner to talk about tax reform. Shortly, shortly after that, House Speaker Paul Ryan said the White House and congressional Republicans would release an outline of their tax overhaul plan by the end of the month. So in other words, all this stuff is working. Okay. Hey, hey, you know what? If you guys aren't with me, I'm going to find some people that are with me. I'm not waiting for you guys. You know, Mitch McConnell said, uh, you know, uh, our, our guy in the White House doesn't seem to realize that uh, uh, things don't happen in the Senate at this speed. Hey, maybe, uh, maybe the people in the House of Representatives and the Senate need to figure out things don't have to take forever. You know, close enough for government work doesn't need, doesn't need to be that little, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A cliche. Close enough for government work. Hey, why don't we do it fast enough for everybody? Just my thought. But here's what Joe Manchin had to say about the meeting after the and the president's plan. Uh, it might surprise you. All the players were at the table. 
And it was a great conversation. First out of the box, Mr. and the president says, this is not going to be a tax cut for the super wealthy. It's just not going to be, which is some people want to demonize it from the get-go. And I was happy to hear that. Well, I'm not going to demonize cutting taxes for the super wealthy, but there better be be some uh, tax relief for the super wealthy because 39.6 is too much, especially if you live in California and you're paying 13.3 on top of that. Let me see. 13.3 plus 39.6. That's 52.9. Am I right? Am I right? 39.6 plus 32 plus 13.3, 52.9%. Nobody should have to pay that, especially when so many people pay zero. You want real tax reform? I'll tell you where you go. Don't start at the don't start at the uh, current tax uh, uh, tax plan, the the, the current uh, uh, tax rules, the tax laws, the tax whatever we call it. Um, don't start with that and start making some changes. Let's go back to a friend of mine, Herman Cain, who said nine nine nine, a bold solution. If you don't remember that from 2012. Hey, you know what? You want another black president? There's a guy who I would who I would vote for, Herman Cain. He's a smart businessman. He's on the radio and on TV all the time. Herman Cain, he said 9% sales tax, 9% income tax for everybody, and a 9% corporate tax. I figured it out. I figured it out when he was running. I go, I think I'm going to pay a little bit more, but imagine what that would do taking the corporate tax rate from 35 to 9. Imagine if you took the the, t- the income tax bracket from 39.6 to 9. And then we add a 9% sales tax. So even if you cheat on your taxes, you're still paying when you're spending money. So, hey, I'm going to write off my taxes to show that I almost make no money. So I don't have to pay hardly any taxes, but I'm still living the life because I cheat. I'm not talking about me. I'm using hypothetical. But when I go to spend, I show I showed I made 14000 last year. And I really made 114, but when I go to spend that, I get to pay 9% to the federal government. So you say, well, you know, we already pay 8% in in California. Then we're paying 17%. If you take home your whole paycheck, will you care if you're paying 17% taxes when you spend your money? I don't think so. I do not think so. I take home about 50% of my paycheck. I'm on W-2 because the federal government, the Department of of Housing and Urban Development says we do FHA loans, so I will be on W-2. So uh, I show all my income, and uh, I make a fair amount of money, and I pay a boatload of taxes, and it makes me mad. For lack of something more harsh, I could say, that I, that'll get bleeped out. So... Uh, I'll continue. Wednesday afternoon, Trump had Problem Solvers Caucus, which is 35 members, both Democrats and Republicans, to the White House to continue tax reform negotiations. Also in attendance were the Big Six Policy Group, which includes Senator Mitch McConnell, Mr. We're Moving Too Fast, House Speaker Paul Ryan, Mr. Uh, today I'm on the team and today I'm off the team, Secretary Treasury Steve Mnuchin, smart guy, White House Economic Advisor Gary Cohn, House Ways and Means Committee Chairman Kevin Brady, and Senate Finance Committee uh, Chairman Orrin Hatch. After the meeting, the president backed up what we've heard from Joe Manchin earlier. He also discussed the corporate tax rate he would like to see. We're looking at a 15% rate, and we want a 15% rate because that would bring us low, not by any means the lowest, but it would bring us to a level where China and other countries are, and we will be able to compete with anybody. Nobody will be able to touch us. 
So we would like to see 15 percent. Okay. Thank you very much, And by the way, lower and lower for individuals. Much lower than that for individuals. And the rich will not be gaining at all with this plan. We're not. We're looking for the middle class, and we're looking for jobs. Hey, the middle class and jobs. Guess what? Most of the middle class doesn't pay any taxes, or they pay a little tiny bit of taxes. And the people that make jobs are corporations. And if they don't cut taxes for the rich, for the high earners, which are the business owners, there's going to be a problem. So maybe he's going to focus. Well, we're not fuck. We're not uh, cutting for the rich. We're cutting for the job creators. So hopefully there's a spin in there because uh, it just isn't. It just isn't right that anybody has to now realize the top 5% of the people pay almost all the taxes. Okay. So if you're over, uh, I don't even know what the number is, 190,000 or something a year. If you make more than that, you're paying you, you and everybody above you pays uh, about 80, 90% of all the taxes that's brought in. Okay. Everybody else pays nothing. Well, I pay, I pay taxes when I buy stuff. I pay, uh, uh, I pay uh, uh, sales tax and I pay property tax on my house. And I pay, uh, you don't pay, you don't pay income tax. Nobody should pay nothing. Well, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm homeless. I have a, I have a homeless sign and I say, uh, homeless, brainless, jobless, please help. But I collect about $200 a day from people at the freeway off ramp. $200 a day is about $1,400 a week. If you work every day, cause if you don't have a home, you don't have nothing else to do. So, and uh, you can't take days off because you don't have any place to go and you don't have anything to eat. So that's $1,400 a week. That's about $6,000 a month. That's $72,000 a year tax-free. If we had a 9% sales tax national, guess what? Even that guy would pay 9%. Hey, so what? He makes $6,000 a month. He pays $600 a month in taxes. Okay. I'm okay with that. You guys need to make some noise. It can't just be me. Can't just be me. Okay, so uh, then Thursday night, Thursday night, uh, Trump had Schumer and Pelosi back to the White House for dinner. Talk about protections from DACA recipients. Protections for DACA recipients. We got to protect those guys because they were 20. They knew how to fill out the DACA form that says, hey, I'm a, I'm a uh, illegal alien. I was brought here by my parents, but I'm not smart enough to fill out immigration papers. If you like to hear about this subject more, listen to last week's show. Before the before this meeting happened, Chuck Schumer again, the Democrat who continually throws his old friend Donald Trump under the bus for the sake of his own political career, was caught in a hot mic moment on the Senate floor. After we listen to it, I will uh, read what actually was said in case you can't understand it. Maybe I should say it first. Here, let me say he says he says if you want to repeat, uh, he says he says. Uh, he likes us. He likes me anyway. Here's what I told him. I said, Mr. President, you are much better off if you can sometimes step right and sometimes step left. If you have, if you have, if you just, if you have to step just in one direction, you're boxed. He gets that. We are always looking, we are always going to work it out and we'll make it, and it'll make us more productive too. Okay. Listen to how, listen to Chuck Schumer and think, think on that, what he said. He likes us. He likes me anyway. Look, what we said was exactly accurate. Here's what I told him. I said, Mr. President, you're much better off if you can sometimes step right and sometimes step left. If you have to step just in one direction, you're boxed. He gets that. 
always going to work out, and it'll make us more productive too. Yeah, it's it's too bad he didn't know that he didn't know that the mic was on. What a moron! So, uh, and all this effort that gets done by working with both sides, and yet the media still wants to find something wrong with it. In Wednesday's press briefing, reporters told Sarah Huckabee Sanders a question. Uh, uh, in Wednesday's pre- press briefing, reporters asked Sarah Huckabee Sanders a question that implied Trump is attempting to take the place of Republican leadership in these meetings. She hits it out of the park. Let me uh, play this. So is the president negotiating on behalf of the Republican leadership on the Hill in this meeting? Or the president's he- negotiating on behalf of the American people exactly what he was elected to do. And the idea that you guys keep trying to distort this into a bad thing is, I think, exactly why uh, this president was elected. They were sick and tired of business as usual. They wanted somebody who would break up the status quo that would bring people from both sides of the table together to have conversations. This president's done more for bipartisanship in the last eight days than Obama did in eight years. Bam! Hit it out of the park! Folks, I'm all out of time for part one. Stay tuned for five minutes of traffic, weather, and commercials. We'll be right back with part two. And welcome back to part two of the main event. I'm not sure this new music works. It just doesn't have that flow. It rocks, but it doesn't have that flow. We'll try something else next week. But anyway, hey, uh, welcome back to the main event. My name's Ed Hoffman, president, Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender. I don't talk very much about uh, refinancing your house or getting reverse mortgages or buying new houses or buying vacation homes or buying investment properties. But if you're in the market to do any of those things and you want to talk with someone who thinks like you, 855-640-2020. Call me, Ed Hoffman, at 855-640-2020 or go to WCCLoans.com and, uh, or, uh, you know, at Hoffman.net. You'll get in touch with me one way or the other, and I'll help you uh, dial that in, 855-640-2020. And don't forget the main event listener hotline where you can leave me a voicemail and tell me what you think of the show, what you think of me, what you think of anything I've said, or just what you're thinking about. Um, 855-640-2092, 855-640-2092. And I just might play your message on the show like this one that came in last week. Thanks, Mr. Hoffman. I, uh, listened to your show Sunday and was just, um, it was a remarkable presentation, uh, that you'd made some years ago about 9-11 and I was mesmerized by it. Um, anyway, thanks again. Well done. Uh, would like to talk to you about some mortgage, but I'm not sure now what number to call. So all the best. I'll figure out another way. Thanks. Hey, Paul, uh, you called the wrong number for the mortgage thing, but we're trying to get in touch with you. You just got to answer your phone. Uh, so anyway, uh, hey, if that 9-11 show, if you didn't hear it, if you've never heard it, because I've been playing it every 9-11 for uh, about nine years, um, go to edhoffman.net, click on the annual 9-11 show link. And you could hear it, and um, you'll like it. You'll like it. If you're, uh, if you are, uh, if you have a heart, and if you're American, and especially uh, if you have any feelings or conscience or any of that stuff. So anyway, uh, we've been talking about Trump talking to the Democrats. Oh my God, talking to people in Congress and the Senate. This has been unheard of for eight years. I was talking about how. Uh, 
uh, people are saying, well, you know, is he trying to take the place of the Republican leadership? Sarah Huckabee just just put it back in the in the uh, in the uh, reporter's fa- uh, reporter's face. I played that at the end of the first one, but uh, their next strategy: create a false impression that mysterious unnamed conservatives are upset that Trump is working with the Democrats. Here's uh, Jeff Zeleny of CNN trying to uh, trying that out on the president. Some conservatives are skeptical of this new approach with Democrats. What would you tell them? Why have a Leader Pelosi and Senator Schumer over tonight? Um, what's your message for skeptics? Well, I'm a conservative, and I will tell you, I'm not skeptical. And I think that uh, if we can do things in a bipartisan manner, that'll be great. Now, it might not work out, in which case we'll try and do them without. But I think if we can do in a bipartisan manner, if you look at some of the greatest legislation ever passed, it was done on a bipartisan manner. And so that's what we're going to give it a shot. Right, Tom? We'll see what we can do. And if it works out, great. And if it doesn't work out, great. Hopefully, we'll be able to do it anyway as Republicans, okay? Yeah, if it doesn't work out, great. Uh, you know what? I like, I liked, you know what, uh, was it Wednesday morning? They they were, uh, the the uh, Schumer and uh, and Pelosi were saying that they made a they made a deal with the president to to uh, take, put DACA into law and Trump just jumped right out. No, there was no deal made. And then Pelosi came out and said, he's right. We didn't make a deal. We didn't make a deal, but this is the things that we talked about. Trump isn't going to, Trump isn't going to let this go down and he better not let, uh, make any deal on DACA without having an absolute funding for the wall. Because, you know, just like Newt Gingrich said in 2012, when he's running for president was, Hey, you know what? We can't do, uh, uh, immigration reform. Without having the the border sealed first, he said, "If you elect me to president, give me one year, the border will be sealed. Then we can talk about it. Because you can't do it. You know why? Because as soon as we say it, you're gonna have people streaming over the border. How do I know that? Because as soon as DACA got introduced, as soon as uh, Obama started talking about DACA, you had trains coming over, trains coming over with with kids on top of the train riding up from." All areas of Mexico and south of that, Guatemala, Nicaragua, and who who knows where they came from, riding up to the to the border and just coming across because there was a word out that they're just gonna get to be able to stay. I don't know. I don't know. It's not true evidence of anything, I guess, except for yeah, it is. So, uh, although uh, Senate Majority Mitch McConnell is said to be participating in all this bipartisanship. He may be the most reluctant participant, which is ironic because he's supposedly in the same party as the president. This week, McConnell stated that there may not be a vote on the debt ceiling until 2018. Well, I think the debt ceiling was pushed out till December 15th. So uh, that's going to give a couple of weeks of uh, shutdown uh, uh, government. But since everybody goes home for Christmas, who cares? Uh, much of the dismay of the conservatives who want to see the it happen sooner... Who is not surprised by this? Steve Bannon, the president's former senior advisor. Here's an eye-opening comment that Bannon made on McConnell this week on 60 Minutes. Well, Mitch McConnell, when we first met him, I mean, he was, he was, he, he said, I think in one of the first meetings uh, in Trump Tower with the president, as we're wrapping up, he basically says, I don't want to hear any more of this drain the swamp talk. Flat out. He goes, a guy up on Capitol Hill can't buy a Coke unless it's got to be reported. He says, I can't, can't hire any smart people because everybody's all over them for reporting requirements and, and the pay, et cetera, in the scrutiny. You know, you got to back off that. The drain the swamp thing was, was Mitch McConnell was day one, did not want to go there, wanted us to back off. 
Yep. Uh, that doesn't surprise me that Mitch McConnell's saying, oh, I don't want to hear this drain the swamp stuff. Guess what? You're an alligator, buddy. Get to work. Get your guys behind you. You know, of all the people in the Senate, come on. The Senate majority leader is Mitch McConnell. We don't have anybody but more dynamic. How about Ted Cruz? How about Marco Rubio? How about uh, a whole bunch of senators out there that would be more dynamic and more moving, more inspirational, that might be able to get something done? Mitch McConnell, how did that happen? Is it just like uh, it's like being the student of the month at elementary school? My kid was student of the month this or student of the week this week at Cloverdale Elementary or whatever elementary. Is it? I get to be Senate Majority Leader this week. I don't know. Am I the only one thinking this, or are you guys thinking it? Because I, I kind of, I kind of think that if I'm thinking it, everybody else is thinking it. Because uh, my rule at my office is, Ed Hoffman's perception is reality. Doesn't matter what's really happened. If it, the perception is that this, that things are going like this, and that's reality. So if that's not reality, we better change the perception because that if I if I think it's happening like that, my loan officers think about think it's happening like that, my borrowers think it and their borrowers, if the if my perception is that things aren't going smooth, things aren't going smooth. So if if my perception is that everybody else thinks that Mitch McConnell was a stupid choice for Senate majority lead leader, I my assumption is it's all you guys are thinking the same thing. He's not inspirational. He's barely, barely alive. I don't know. That's just me. Maybe I'm wrong. I could be wrong. It's rare, but it happens. So uh, let's talk about our favorite uh, subject, Hillary Clinton. Um, I could be talking about the fact that uh, um, Judicial Watch just got a whole bunch of Uma Abedin's emails, but that just happened this morning. And I'm recording on Friday, so that just happened this morning. So I don't know about the stuff that shows that that proves that there's a whole bunch of confidential information um, that's that's been on unsealed uh, uh, um, or un, unsecure uh, email sites. And I don't know about there's a bunch of evidence of pay for play people from the Clinton Foundation sending information to Uma or uh, or uh, Hillary Clinton needing favors from the Secretary of State. I don't know any of that, but I probably will next week. I'm sure I'll know more next week, but that's what I heard this morning. So if I heard it, must be true, and you guys must uh, you guys must agree too. So, but Hillary Clinton came out with a book this week. It's called uh, "What Happened." You know, some people, uh, you know, they might say, "This is what happened." I say, "What happened?" Some people make things happen. Some people watch things happen. Some people, like Hillary, wonder what happened. What happened? So, uh, and to the surprise of no one, the whole point of it is to blame everyone she can think of for why she lost the election. On her press tour for the book, uh, What Happened This Week, what happened? Who's the guy that always says that? What happened? There was a comedian, comedy guy or a guy on TV. He always go, what happened? I have to think about that. I'll get that clip. I'll start using it until people start talking about this, vo- this book. Somebody should Google that. What happened? And see what comes up besides Hillary's book. I'll bet, probably Googling, probably searching on YouTube. I bet you we find it. Um, I don't remember who it is. Uh, Hillary starts by blaming disgruntled white people for buying into Donald Trump's supposedly racist campaign ideas. He was willing to play, let's not forget, Islamophobic politics, homophobic politics, sexist politics. I mean, he hit 
every single area of resentment and grievance that people were feeling. And his racism, which was endemic to his campaign, uh, wasn't subtle at all. Poor disgruntled white people. I was disgruntled and I'm a white guy. I don't think anything, you know, I didn't think of anything that Donald Trump said was, was particularly racist. I thought it was American, you know, like people that aren't supposed to be here shouldn't be here. People that weren't born here should come through the door, check in, go through immigration. You know what? I went, I've been to other countries. I've been to Canada. Guess what? You got to go through there. You got to fill out your forms and some guy talks to you, looks you in the eye. And if you, if you look suspicious, they start looking through your bags. I went to Australia a few years back. Uh, Don and I took a cruise, and uh, we're going into into Australia. Then we flew from Australia to New Zealand. Then we got on the ship and went through New Zealand and over to Australia and got back on. And the the customs guy goes, are you here for business or pleasure? I said, well, we're here for pleasure, but I might be looking for a place to go and just in case my country goes down the toilet. He goes, what if we don't want you here? And I go, "Uh, well, (laughs) then I guess I'm screwed. So uh, I guess I'm out of luck. Just in case that gets uh, edited there, um, I hate to say a word that they don't like. Um, so, you know what? I you know I don't call, I don't consider that racist. And so, hey, a lot of those people are coming here are not nice people. They're racist. They're rapists and they're drug dealers. You know where did that come from? That wasn't that wasn't uh, uh, racist. That was the facts. How did they know that? Discussed this last week on the DACA thing because people were coming over having been sexually abused somewhere between. Mexico and the border, they got sexually abused and there was nobody there to sexually abuse them except for other people coming up from Mexico. So I don't know. Could they be racist? Rapists? Yeah, I guess some of them are. So, and then here's a special treat. Uh, Mrs. Clinton uh, reading her own audiobook in a voice that we've all come to love and uh, know. And here she is blaming Bernie Sanders for her loss. He certainly shared my horror at the thought of Donald Trump becoming president. And I appreciated that he campaigned for me in the general election. But he isn't a Democrat. That's not a smear. That's what he says. He didn't get into the race to make sure a Democrat won the White House. He got in to disrupt the Democratic Party. Well, that's her version of it. I don't know if uh, how you think about that. And then, hey, uh, and th- what happened? What happened? Who is that? Fred Willard. Okay. Fre- oh, yeah, that's from... Uh, that's from uh, Best in Show and The Mighty Wind. I think he does that all over the way. Yeah, oh, Mighty Wind, you're right. The one about cloggers, uh, folk dancers. Play that again. Hey, what happened? Yep, that would be it. So those of you that haven't seen A Mighty Wind, it's a funny one. So uh, what happened? So, uh, um, okay, so here's here's uh, here she is blaming. Here's, I'm starting from a new sentence. Here's our, uh, our, uh, our favorite person, Hillary Clinton, blaming young Democratic women who didn't vote for her because they just assumed she'd win. I wanted to stare right in her eyes and say, you didn't vote? How could you not vote? You abdicated your responsibility as a citizen at the worst possible time. And now you want me to make you feel better? Of course, I didn't say any of that. These people were looking for absolution that I just couldn't give. We all have to live with the consequences of our decisions. Thank God. Thank God we do. You know what? 
I wish I could just, you know what? I wonder, I wonder where all the idiots in California come from. I wonder, I wonder, am I the only one who talks to Democrats and says, what are you thinking? What kind of logic does any of your, any of your stuff make? Do you think, do you, do you, if you're, if you're, uh, if you're about to go bankrupt, is the cure for that get a job or get a new credit card? So you can cash advance it, pay your other ones. Which one makes more sense? I don't know. You know, if if you want your kids, if you want, we're talking about we're talking about these DACA kids. They're the minimum age of a DACA kid today is twenty five. I don't know. Don and I made it uncomfortable enough at our house that our kids moved out at nineteen. Okay, and they didn't they didn't go on and and prop up the world without having some struggles. Guess what? Struggling is part of life. But I will tell you that all three of our kids are on their own, paying their own bills. I won't say that we didn't go through times when we had to help them out while they're getting there. But guess what? We made it real uncomfortable for them to ask for help. They always knew that we'd help if they needed it. And we made it real uncomfortable. We made it real uncomfortable to uh, for them to consider moving back home. Why? Because it was the best thing for them. We didn't want to be hard asses to our kids. But guess what? God didn't give us kids and say, hey, here's some people to be friends with. He said, make them into responsible adults. Where did I learn that? From my wife. Okay? Because like some of you guys out there, I would have probably been a little bit more uh, lenient with my kids. But my wife said, hey, be a dad first. Let them learn to, to solve their own problems. And guess what? That's what happens. That's what happens. I don't know where I was going with that. Um, in talking about, oh yeah, we want to make me feel better. Oh. Okay. So anyway, so then uh, Hillary goes on to uh, to blame Republicans who talk too much about the 2012 attack in Benghazi. We didn't talk enough about it, but here she is. Republicans spent years shamelessly trying to score political points off the terrorist attack in Benghazi, Libya, in September 2012. The press agreed that the committee was a bust for the Republicans. But I was experienced enough in the ways of Washington scandals to know that some damage had already been done. Accusations repeated often enough have a way of sticking or at least leaving behind a residue of slime you can never wipe off. Yeah, Hillary Clinton is a is a residue of slime that, that you know... Satan, Satan was slithering through the through the country, and he left a residue of slime, and it turned into Bill and Hillary Clinton. Oh, but Bill, he's so smooth. This guy is so cool. He could get changed for an ice cube. Yep, he is. But he's slime, just like his wife is slime, and his daughter is slime, and the whole Hinton Clinton Foundation is slime. And quite frankly, those of you who who are blind enough to not see it, I don't know if any any people that I'm that are listening that are um, that I'm talking to, but if you if you got a, if I got some Democrats listening to my show, if you still are supporting Hillary Clinton, you're blind, deaf, and dumb. You need to. You obviously don't have a bottle in front of you. I'd rather have a bottle in front of me than a frontal lobotomy. Um, apparently, you guys got the frontal lobotomy. Um, that means uh, had part of your brain taken out. For those of you that aren't familiar with the term, and back and back to the book tour on the Pod Save America podcast. Get it? Pod Save America, not like. God Save America, Pod Save America, Podcast Tuesday, Hillary managed to blame Fox News, conservative blogs, and the Russian government and Facebook all in a single breath. The other side has dedicated 
propaganda channels. That's what I call Fox News. Right. It has outlets like Breitbart and, you know, crazy Infowars and things like that. In this particular election, it was aided and abetted by the Russians and the role that Facebook and other platforms played. Yep. It's just, uh, you know, people are communicating. Of course, if she won, she would say, wow, I won because of all the all the forums that, that Facebook and all the social media stuff does. You know, it's, you can hey, blame whoever you want. Don't ever blame yourself. Uh, and, of course, finally, blame, uh, Hillary's blame game tour wouldn't be complete if she forgot to blame the former FBI director, James Comey. The determining factor was the intervention by Comey on October 28th. I mean, as I write in the book, and I could have put much more into the book, and, you know, independent observers like Nate Silver and others say yes, but for that intervention, I would have won. Uh, yeah, but if it wasn't for his, uh, his ridiculous uh, statement on July the 5th, 2016, when he came out and said, you know, here's the case against Hillary Clinton. She's a scoundrel. She's a liar. If her lips are moving, she's lying. Uh, she did. She let classified information get out there. She was careless. She was very careless. What did they say? Ridiculously careless. I forget. Criminally careless. Whatever they called it. Uh, everything but negligent. Uh, he didn't use the word negligent. And uh, how they how they did their emails. You know that. He said everything. He made the case why she should be behind bars. And then he said, but even with all this, no, no competent uh, prosecutor prosecutor would would file this case or would bring this case against her. I don't know. I don't know. I saw I saw a seminar from a from a local real estate expert one time and he goes and he uh, he spent eight hours telling us everything that's bad that's still going on with the economy and the and the real estate market. And he said. And my conclusion, not predetermined, is that everything's great. And I'm going, people were calling me, go, so what did he just say? What did he, what conclusion are we making from all this data he gave us? What, huh? So our conclusion to all the evidence we have against Hillary Clinton is that no one would bring this case because they're, because any any competent prosecutor would know that if you start that route, you're probably going to end up dead in your pajamas in your backyard late at night for no reason. And they'll call it a and they'll call it a uh, a robbery, but your wallet full of ten thousand dollars, the key to your safe, and your uh, your iPhone and your gun will be standing there right there, and you will and they won't take any of it, and they'll call it a robbery. I don't know. Maybe that's why. Uh, why competent prosecutors wouldn't take that case because they don't want to die. I don't know, because, you know, Hillary Clinton, the Clinton casualties. Hey, while you're on edhoffman.net, click that link, Clinton casualties, if you didn't hear my Clinton casualty uh, um, show about this time last year. Um, and just in case you don't know how many dead people there are in the that have crossed paths with the Clintons ever since uh, they, were, uh, they were in the governor's mansion in Arkansas through about three or four months ago, People still cross paths with the Clintons, and people die. We don't know. We we uh, obey orders, or people die. No, we listen to the Clintons, or people die. So all this led to to at least one person in the mainstream media to question whether Hillary uh, wants to take any responsibility for for her own loss. Matt Lauer of the Today Show listened to her response. 
When it comes to the self-inflicted wounds, mm -hmm. when you look at the list of them, and you go through them in the book, mm -hmm. did you make enough mistakes yourself to lose the election without any of the other things you talk about? Well, I will say no, Matt. Uh, I don't think that will surprise you. So it wouldn't surprise us that she doesn't take any responsibility. Hey, before before I finish the show, I've got two minutes left. California is one step closer to becoming a sanctuary state thanks to the bill that... To a bill the state assembly is voting on today, Friday. If it passes, the bill would ban the state law enforcement officials from enforcing federal immigration law. In other words, it would require that state the state government to ignore detention orders from Immigration Customs Enforcement, ICE. The bill would also require California schools, hospitals, libraries, and courthouses to restrict enforcement of federal immigration laws on their premises. If this isn't bull, I don't know what it is. And, uh, you know, if you take this this little clip from uh, Wall Street 2, Money Never Sleeps, this is what it is, moral hazard. And Mr. Gecko, Certainly at least. What exactly is moral hazard? Moral hazard, that's when somebody takes your money and is not responsible for it. Yeah, somebody takes your money and is not responsible for it. That's like Governor Moonbeam. That'd be Jerry Brown. Who the who the hell was stupid enough to elect this guy again? All you all you dummies in California. I could go, I could do a whole show on how dumb everybody everybody did the last two elections on propositions and all that. But as as if all this wasn't bad enough, Governor Moonbeam also allocated thirty million dollars funding for DACA recipients. DACA recipients, you know, illegal illegal people that came here while they were kids that are at least that are at least twenty five today. Most of that money will go to state community college students, while three million has been allocated for loan programs at California State University and University of California. Another $20 million will go to nonprofits that contract with the state to help people apply for or renew their DACA status. Are you mad? Keep listening. I'm all out of time for this episode of the main event. Folks, my name is Ed Hoffman. Thanks for listening. I'll be back again with you next week. The content in this program is not intended to be legal advice. The views expressed are those of Ed Hoffman and his invited guests and do not necessarily reflect the views or policies of Wholesale Capital Corporation. WCC is licensed by the California Bureau of Real Estate. Broker license number 0114-7747 and California Finance Lenders license number 603K610. Also licensed in Arizona by the Arizona Department of Financial Institutions. MB number 096199.